0: pray and ask for God's blessing this morning. Father, as we come before you, may we recognize that as Almighty God, you love and care about us. And as we look at Daniel 3 and and see the story of these three men who stood for you, Lord, help us to stand in a world that it's not always easy to stand for you in. Lord, just guide our look at your word this morning may nothing detract from the principles that you would have for us we pray this in jesus name amen i remember as a teenager i was uh traveled to a baseball tournament and as we went to this tournament uh, we spent several days in the mighty metropolis of billings for this tournament and And as we were there, I remember some of the guys on the team had an idea of something to do with some idle time we had. And of course, you know, idle time breeds sin. And a group of teenagers, uh, probably not as supervised as maybe should have been, uh, they decided to do this. Now, I want to, a little bit of my pride here wants to state it was nothing that we would have been thrown in prison for. uh, but I knew it wasn't right and so as a teenager I had an opportunity to do one of three things I could either just jump in and be involved I could choose to just sort of be on the edge and not jump into leading into this improper activity where I could stand and say, no, I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Now, I'm happy to say I wasn't choice number one. But I'm sad to say that I didn't take a stand. Instead, I just sort of hung out on the edge and and wasn't actively involved but I didn't stand and say, no, I'm not going to do that as a follower of Jesus Christ. This isn't right. And I lost an opportunity to honor Christ. I lost an opportunity to be a testimony to those other young men on my team. In our story this morning, we're going to see three young men who stood against the world. Not just a group of teenage baseball players. And these three young men teach us some very important lessons on what it means to stand. But it is so difficult to stand when you are alone or in the minority. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were willing to stand by themselves recognizing that the consequence could be death. Follow along as I read Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not... Let it be known to you, O King, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So this morning, we're going to go through as we've made our pattern here through these first couple lessons throughout the book of Daniel, and we'll continue in the next four. We see we're going to lay, lay out the story, and then we're going to talk about how it affects us. I mean, I don't think anyone in this room this week will be facing a fiery furnace. But we will face some pretty hot temptations. I don't think any of us will face the opportunity to make a choice between standing and dying for Christ or not standing and living. But we can face ridicule and persecution for standing. So let's look at the story. And we we begin the story in the first seven verses with Nebuchadnezzar's plan. He built a statue and he called the people to come and worship The first two verses say this, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dur in the province of Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So he called all the leaders that were there in that area to come and to worship this statue on on this large plain. And we don't know how many people were there, but we can be confident it was in the thousands of people that were there to come, they called out by the proclamation of the king to come and see this statue and to bow down. And we follow on in verses four through six. It says this, Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So it was laid out. You worship, it's okay. You don't worship the fiery furnace. So we have to ask ourselves two questions. Number one is the question that people often ask, well, what did the statue look like? Some say that it was a statue of Nebuchadnezzar himself. Now, nothing in the text proves or disproves that. Some say it was of the god Marduk, who was the chief god of the Babylonians, and I think that probably what is what it was. And uh, But whatever the look of the statue, the question was, were you going to bow down? Another question that people oftentimes bring up and critics bring up is, where was Daniel? I mean, remember back to chapter 1, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. four of them were not willing to eat the king's meat. So where was Daniel? Well, the text doesn't tell us. But we know that he had great responsibilities throughout the kingdom and was probably traveling out of the area. But we can be confident, and we see again in chapter 6 that he did not disobey God. Now, Daniel sinned like everyone sins, but I'm confident that if Daniel would have been there, he would have stood with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these three were alone. And they had a choice to make. And we see that they made a choice, and that's shared in verses 8-18, through 18, the choice to disobey the king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego determined to obey God and disobey the king. Verses 8-12 through 12 says, Therefore at that time certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your guards or gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Now it's interesting that, that others were watching Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to see if they bowed down. Now you say, okay, you got thousands of people Packed together in this plane, people are going to notice even if they're not trying to. Well, as we will see later, there was in, in Daniel 6, and again, a whole different story, but uh, you'll see that uh, oftentimes people can become very jealous of others. And, and we can be confident that many of the other leaders in Babylon were very jealous of these Jewish upstarts that were given positions higher than theirs. And so I'm guessing there were a lot of people around there that were saying, okay, yeah, we remember these three guys. They were the same guys that stood against the king's food, and, and then they were given special privileges because they were considered smarter than everyone else. And and so there was some jealousy going on. and. I'm sure that there were a lot of people around just sort of saying, okay, I'm going to bow, but I'm sort of peeking to see what's going to happen with those three guys. But it makes us think of another thing, and I know we're not supposed to get into our life until we get through this story, but uh, you might want to just think about this beforehand. So if people around you knew that you were facing a decision where to do the right thing could cost you? Would they think that you were going to do the right thing or not? If you were taking the place of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, would they be peeking to see if you were standing or would they just assume you were going to bow down like everybody else? For every single one of us, that would be a very difficult thing to do but I guarantee every one of us face it in our lives when we have the choice to obey God or take the easier path of just going along with the crowd so people spied saw sure enough Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego did not bow down And so then we see Nebuchadnezzar confronts them after word gets to him, beginning in verse 13, it says "Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music that you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And listen to this last statement of his speech. You could call it a speech says, and who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? He was a pretty proud guy, wasn't he? And and so, here it is. He he comes and he's just in a rage. But he tries to, to say, okay, maybe you guys didn't understand what I was asking you to do or understand the consequences if you chose to disobey, so I'm going to give you one more chance to get this right. We'll play the music again, give you a chance to bow down. If you bow down, everything will be okay. If you don't bow down, the fiery furnace is going to be your next activity. And so that leads us up to that passage of Scripture we read at the beginning of the message. Nebuchadnezzar's pride was in full display. He had not accepted the power of Jehovah. And I want you to think of that last statement. Who is the God? Remember the chapter 1. Nebuchadnezzar had a front row seat to God's blessing on Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he was the one who gave them the high positions because he saw God's work. In chapter 2 that we looked at last week, when God gave Daniel not only what the dream meant, but even the contents of the dream itself, And Daniel reminded Nebuchadnezzar that no man could do what Nebuchadnezzar asked, but God, Jehovah, was the one who could give them the answer. So, this is at least time number three. Maybe there were other times as as he watched Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego at work that, that he saw the power of God demonstrated. But this is time number three that's written down in this book where he should have recognized. He had seen it in chapter one. He had seen it in chapter two. Now, in chapter three, these three young men are standing when everyone else is not but he doesn't get it and let's go back and reread their response in verses 16 through 18 once again it says Shadrach Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king O Nebuchadnezzar we have no need to answer you in this matter remember the question he'd 'Who is who is the God who is able to deliver you question he asked, I'll give you another chance. Do you want to bow down? He, they didn't need to answer those questions. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, us being thrown into the fiery furnace, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us from your hand, O King. Now, that's really nice and very powerful but really, verse 18 is even more powerful. But if not, if God chooses not to deliver us, let it be known to you, O King, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. They said, we have seen the power of our God. And we know if He chooses, He can deliver us. But whether He chooses to do that or not, we're going to obey Him. Now let's think about that. You know, it... It may not be super easy, but if I know God's going to provide, it makes it much easier for me to stand. But what happens if I don't know if He is going to step in and, and give me a fireproof suit? Am I still willing to face the fire? God doesn't promise to always answer in the way we desire. But He promises that we and and we can have the confidence that He will be with us through the trial. And whether the trial means for these three guys that they're protected or consumed and taken to the presence of God, they were going to stand. O King, we know our God can do it. That statement that you made at the end of your little speech was very foolish. But whatever God chooses to do, we are still going to obey. Pretty amazing statement. They were confident in God's power. They were willing to obey God no matter if God rescued them or not. They didn't fear the king. Instead, they trusted God. So we see God's protection in verses 19-25. through 25. Beginning in verse 19, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed. Now, what was that expression changing to? Think as when you were a child, the thing that you did that your parents... It was the worst thing in that, in that picture of what your parents looked like in their... Disappoint and frustration and then just take that probably multiply it by about a hundred. His countenance changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of, a burning fi- of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar's anger was obvious. His facial expression changed. He had the fiery furnace heated seven times hotter than its normal heat. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in immediately. And it's interesting, it doesn't say exactly where the furnace was positioned, but from the story, we can probably assume that it was there so people, when they had the choice to bow down or not, they could visibly see where they would be sent if they chose not to bow down. And they went in fully dressed. There was no preparations for their execution. It was they're thrown in. Nebuchadnezzar's uncontrolled anger also resulted in some of his best soldiers being killed. What a foolish, proud man. And you know, sometimes we think if we choose to to do wrong, we say, well, yeah, it's on me. But the consequences of our choices affect us, affect our relationship with God, but also affect others around us. Those soldiers died that day because of the foolish decision of a power-hungry king. So they were thrown into the fire. But notice what takes place. We see that Nebuchadnezzar eventually recognizes God. In verses 26 and 27, it says Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose body the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smile, smell of fire was not on them. God's amazing power was seen, in, and don't you love the little extras that he did? I mean, they weren't burned their hair wasn't even singed their clothes were not affected and they didn't even smell like smoke last time you were around a campfire that campfire had more impact on you than the fiery furnace had on those three guys amazing so I, I was going to maybe get, we have this little electric fire thing. It, it's not really, it just sort of looks like it. I was going to put up here and I thought, no, everybody's just going to spend the whole time watching the fire and not paying attention. But, uh, and it probably wouldn't have quite given the effect that the fiery furnace did. But the power of God. And then notice the last three verses of the chapter. It says, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon, so they got another promotion. But I want you to think of just a couple things here before before we close by looking how it affects our lives. You know... It's interesting that God made sure that he listed those others who saw his power besides Nebuchadnezzar went through the list of those people those same people that were called to bow down the leaders of Babylon all saw the power of God you know when we have a chance to stand for God others around will have a chance to see. Just as when we show the love of God, others around will have a chance to see. And they all saw God at work. And then another thing that that really in the light of the whole story is not important, but I just think it's sort of hilarious. Nebuchadnezzar, Determines that he's going to protect the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So he makes this proclamation. Hey, if you mess with him, you got to deal with me. (laughs) He doesn't get it, does he? You know what? He should have recognized, yeah, that Jehovah God guy, (laughs) he can take care of himself. But Nebuchadnezzar makes a proclamation. If you speak poorly of this God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm going to deal with you. You know, we can determine whether it was good intended or not, but it was foolish. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were promoted. But you know, as we'll see next week in chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar was given another opportunity to recognize God's power, but he still truly didn't get it. And you know, we can do the same thing and others around us can do the same thing. We see the power of God all around us. But when it comes down to it and we have the choice to stand or not it's so easy to forget about the power of god and not stand so how does it affect our life well the first thing that these three guys chose to do is they determined to stand and you know that determination didn't begin that day on that plane that determination had began long before We see they were prepared for the choice in chapter 1 and they're prepared for the choice here in chapter 3 we need to be ready there was no doubt in the minds of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego that they were not going to bow they didn't have to have a little huddle and say all right guys what's the plan And they weren't even going to sort of go halfway and and maybe try to make it look not as obvious that they weren't going to worship, but but you know maybe sort of hunched down a little bit, picking picking something off the ground, just to be happen to be the time when the when all the all the music started and they oh look at this here's a feather. No. They stood, they stood strong we need to have that same determination. Whether you're in school, in the workplace, maybe family members around you that don't have the respect of God or appreciation of God, where for you to stand, you're going to have family members that laugh at you. Wherever it is, make that determination when the trial comes, I'm going to stand. And then finally, it begins with the commitment to stand. You know, Peter reminds us to be prepared in First Peter 3.15. He tells us to be ready to give an answer. First Peter 3.15 says, But if your hearts revere Christ as Lord, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks, who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. You know, it's it's interesting. These three guys were prepared. There was no doubt what they were going to do. But just like them, we need to make sure that we're prepared when the trial comes, when we're faced with the choice. And I also like the last part of that verse. Obviously, it's Scripture. We should like it. (laughs) That's like a foolish statement I just made there. But do it with gentleness and respect. You know, as followers of Christ, we need to graciously stand firm. And as we look at our world today, we are going to have opportunities to stand firm. And we need to do it with grace. These guys chose to do that. And we need to dare to obey no matter what the outcome yeah, it may be hard, but it's easier for me to stand if I know what the outcome is, if I can look five years down the road. If my boss tells me to do something that I know goes was against God's Word and I may lose my job, but if I could step down five years and see that I got an even better one. What happens when I don't know? What the consequences are going to be am I still willing to stand and I know that's not easy and when you face that it is so difficult to take that stand but we need to recognize the importance of putting God above all no matter what my obedience needs to be based not on the promise of benefits but upon my commitment to obey And whenever or whether I'm alone whether I'm in the minority or whether I'm in a majority I must dare to do right and here is the key that I want you to walk away with and that's this I cannot change my convictions On the basis of my circumstances so whatever the circumstances we need to do what's right just like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego let's pray father thank you for your goodness for your love Lord help us to to learn from the lives of these three men Lord We know many times, and and people in this room this morning or watching online are facing hard things. Lord, they may be facing choices when to obey You is much harder than to go along with the crowd. I pray that You would just give them the strength and encouragement and the courage to stand strong. Lord, help us to represent You well to stand strong with grace. And Lord, we want to give you the praise and the glory for all you will do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.